Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hey, I'm Joey. What's up? And uh, today, guys, we are discussing BJJ problems. And that problem is how do we improve our learning for BJJ? And also, how does that help us in the weight room? So better learning for BJJ. It's a confronting thing when you do jiu-jitsu because there's lots of complicated stuff going on. And the thing that I've been hearing a lot from white belts, blue belts, even purple belts, is them saying, I go to class, I do the class, you know, it's great, I train, and then I, I don't remember. I don't remember anything. I, I barely even remember to play my own game. And this is a recurring conversation I have with students and just friends alike in jiu-jitsu. Um, have you experienced anything like that, Joe? Yeah, I have. Um, I think it um, – I see the same thing play out in the gym as well and, and – um, really in any kind of educational process, I think that for most of us, we're never taught how to learn. Yep. So when you, when you go to jiu-jitsu, like the, the, even, the, even the, the like really great coaches out there, they don't, I think a lot of them don't think, oh, I need to impart on these students of mine how to engage in this educational process, which is what it is, right? Yes. It's just like, hey, here's the techniques, let's go. And that's kind of what the culture becomes like all right let's just get in and, and work on some shit um and you know then you get to our stage where you're like well i've been doing this for like longer than a decade <laughs> and uh, uh for many years i didn't really think about how i was engaging with it or how i was trying to learn you know mm. could i've done it better definitely yes yes well i think my first coach peter debean shout out peter debean pioneer in the australian jiu-jitsu scene pete basically even though he was very good at jiu-jitsu uh, not necessarily the greatest teacher of all time because basically if you didn't learn the way he taught, you're an idiot. He basically looked at you like, no, you, 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 you are learning inhibited. But because I actually had studied education at uni, I knew about learning styles. I knew that some people, you know, you had to change the way you spoke to them or some people more kinesthetic, so you have to get a bit more hands-on. And just also being a personal trainer, struggling to teach people simpler skills like a deadlift or a squat – that you have to be able to break that down and make it accessible to people. So straight away, I knew that when I started to learn jiu-jitsu, I was not a complete idiot, but yeah, I was struggling. And so I had to do a lot of work on my own behalf to try and work it out. And I had to ask a lot of people a lot of questions. I was that annoying guy. I was always putting up my hand going, yeah, but uh, sorry, I don't understand. Please explain. And when you're in the class and you know what's going on, you're like, oh, this guy, shut up. Like we all know how it works you're getting smashed. But that's not really good if someone's a white belt because really we've all been white belts. We could all quit. And if you don't access just some basic knowledge to survive, you're not going to want to show up. Yeah, look, and I'd, I'd make the argument that even for, like even for colored belts, people who have been in the game for longer, for the, for the vast majority of us, there's still heaps of optimization that can be done in how you learn. Mm. And I mean, I know this, um, having started, having taken on coaching of jiu-jitsu, uh, I don't know, like a year, two years ago, uh, at Brown Belt, started to coach here at Jungle Brothers, and just realizing, if 
fuck, I don't actually know a lot of this stuff very well. Yeah, I just know how to do it, but mm. I don't actually understand it systematically to the point where I can explain it to someone. Mm. Um, and I, I liken it to speaking another language. Whenever you encounter someone who speaks English as a second language, they tend to have a better understanding of English than you do. Yes. Because they had to study it to learn it. Mm. Whereas for us, we just picked it up through osmosis because we live in a country that speaks English. None of us really know how it works. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, like I don't even know what fucking adverbs are and, you, you know, like- <laughs> Pronouns. Yeah, like this is, the, the reality of it is, is that you just, you just get it, right? So I realized with my jujitsu, it was like, oh, I'm just doing this stuff, but I don't actually know how to do it. And I think back to my training for many years and I'm like, I could have gone about that slightly differently and not, not change the experience, but just- um, maybe had a little a different mindset around some of it. It would have enabled me to get a lot more from it and probably progress a lot quicker. Mm. And so, you know, so irrespective of where you're at, I think there's a lot of benefit in sort of considering this this chat. Definitely. And I, I relate this back to the gym because really, I mean, and this is no, I'm not throwing any shade on powerlifters here. This is just, if we look at movements like- Fucking powerlifters. <laughs> <just started, laughs> right. yeah. Inflexible oh, fucking- mate, uh, do some I love what you guys do. It's great. <laughs> Three exercises, great. SBD, you can't lose um, unless you want to scratch the back of your I actually head. have respect for powerlifters. And uh, we got some powerlifters that have jumped, like some of them jumped through to jiu-jitsu. Some of them have found our program. Yeah. And I'm like, all the respect in the world to you guys. Good on you. I, I wish I was I know you hate the mobility program. I Please wish. do it. Yeah. Man, be, life would be so much easier. But uh, it's one of those things that if you, because squatting, benching, and deadlifting are all quite technical, nuanced lifts if you don't spend a lot of time doing them you don't understand bar path you don't understand you know certain levels of tension you know even though it looks so simple it is very complicated and when i contrast that to jujitsu jujitsu is like that much more complicated because standing on your two feet and doing a squat is something which more or less is more natural to a human being than lying on your back turning upside down stretching your foot bending your leg trying to lift another human like that's just a whole nother level of complicated so having spent a lot of time with people in the gym and seeing them struggle with understanding how to squat how to deadlift and just that bodily coordination because we just sit down all the time you know we're so linear like if you are not active and i take this for granted that you know i've had a very active life someone who sat down for eight hours that day they're just going to struggle standing up straight don't worry about anything more complicated than that. So if we're talking about a skill practice, which jiu-jitsu is a highly skilled practice and also lifting weights is also a skill practice, um, the amount of time you spend practicing a skill really dictates a degree of acquisition. Now, obviously, if you're doing a skill ineffectively, we're going to talk about that shortly, um, doing it a thousand times isn't going to help you. But, uh, and you could speak to this, Joe, relevant to a handstand, because even though a handstand looks very simple, that is a very complicated beast right there. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, in a kind of gym setting, the handstand sort of embodies the skill thing quite well, um, because it's not really about strength, it's not about just mobility, it's about sort of all of it together and, and this, la- this huge layer of coordination. Um, yeah, handstand's one of those things, you can't grind them out. Um, so, and when we're talking, when I'm talking handstands, I'm talking pin straight, perfect alignment. No wall. No wall. You can hold that thing in the middle of the room for a minute. Uh, and then you can start to make shapes with it. And it really, we're talking about hand balancing. So 
not like the hey my mate who does calisthenics can like kick <laughs> it up and like walk around for a few seconds <laughs> yeah. not that kind of party no um so we're talking about very consistent very refined uh and it yeah it's like uh, i think when i started learning handstands i i was grinding them i was like practicing for like an hour i was doing them five six days a week and i was just like struggling through these sessions right like i'm I'm sweating, I'm, I'm grinding, my wrists are sore, my, my shoulders feel sore. And it was like I was applying my strength training sort of model approach to learning the handstand. And it's a, it's a totally different thing. So once I started to learn from some people who were really quite um, experienced in that world, they're like, man, you've probably got about 20, 25 minutes at best of quality training per day with this. Mm. And where you're at, you can probably do it a few times a week. And you don't want to be breaking a sweat. You, you, don't, you want to be taking big rests. You know, you probably got about four or five good sets in you. And uh, given that, it's just going to take as long as it takes. Mm. And it's a different approach. You're like, okay, I've got to slow this thing down. I've got to really try. So each set that I do, it's not like, fuck, let's just have a crack and see if I catch it. It's like, no, there's parameters and there's uh, targets within this uh, exercise I'm doing. And I'm only going to do it five times. So I really got to try and make it work. So it becomes a much more deliberate practice. Yes. Um, and, you know, that got me to a point where I had this nice pin straight one minute handstand. Cool. Like, okay, I saw the value in that. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of the, that, that deliberate nature of it. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, definitely. And I think that leads us to our next point around skills, which is quality over quantity or quality versus quantity. Yeah. Because, uh, and this is something that's been discussed before, um, you do need a certain amount of tonnage, volume of, uh, uh, you know, to get an adaptation, whether it's to a weight, uh, to get stronger or to uh, exposure to a skill. You know, like I, I have students who I show them a sweep. Uh, they do it maybe five or 10 times. They're like, yeah, oh, it doesn't work. So uh, it's, it's not the sweep's fault. <laughs> it's your lack of uh, practice with this thing do it a hundred times and then tell me it doesn't work yeah that's right and then you know and then do it a thousand times and tell me it doesn't work like you know typically it's not that the sweep sucks it's just you suck at sweep and i which is okay right that's all right i sucked at the handstand for fucking ages like you have to if it's a new thing you have to suck at it until you don't that's right and and i think as as jujitsu people we embrace the the suckingness probably more than most people but that said we also have this unreasonable expectation like i'm good at something else like I'm really good at something else. Oh, I'll just be really good at this. No, 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 no. This is a totally different animal. And the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this, this quality versus quantity thing, because I see a lot of people getting on board with jujitsu, loving it, loving it to death and going, well, I've just got to do more with no thought to how do I do it better? And, and, and I, that's why I wanted to bring up the, um, the kind of mastery and handstand side of things. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it's funny because there's so many, there's, there's multiple kind of things going on here, but I feel like um, the, the coach, the, the typical coach's attitude is like, hey, just show up here every day. Just show up, just show up, just show up and you get better. And it's true. There is, there is merit to that. Being, the, being at training more often is going to help you get better. But like, uh, like JT touched on, like how volume uh, is important across the week and across the months in weightlifting it's also not the only thing that matters. Correct. Volume, as well as really good technique, as well as structured like deload or recovery periods, um, you know, as well as intensity, right? There's all these other metrics. So with our, with our jiu-jitsu, it's like, yeah, you want to show up more, 
but you also want to like show up, show up. Yes. Like mentally. Okay. I'm here. I'm here to train. And you know, whatever that is, what am I working on tonight? Or mm. what was that piece of feedback coach gave me at last training session? Okay. I'm, I'm working on that. Or, you, you know, like, but um, it's not just as simple as just getting into the academy and grinding it out. Yeah. It worked for me. But, you know, you could argue that maybe uh, I wouldn't still be at Brown Belt after 13 years, right? <laughs> like if I had to take it, maybe I would have. But but yeah. point is, like, can we make this path more efficient and, and can we make it more enjoyable and avoid some of the pitfalls by taking a slightly more um, deliberate approach to how we train? And I think the answer is yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think we've all experienced this, whether you've been to a seminar or you've just you've been rolling with someone new and mm-hmm. – you're doing something and they say, hey, man, um, not, how, how about instead of doing this, do that. Just put your hand here, put your foot there, try that. You do it, you're like, whoa, how come I didn't know this two years ago? God, no one showed me or I didn't know. And it's, this is very similar. I've had this experience uh, with you know, resistance training where I've gone to a seminar with someone who is absolutely an authority, a world expert, and they've said, oh, you know what? If you just drop your elbow slightly, pick your chest up a little bit, change the bar position feel that do you feel stronger yeah they're like well you should do that (laughs) and i was just like man if if i had never had that piece of advice i would continue to grind but would that have led me down the path of injury or just grinding into bad technique yes and i this is where i feel it's a challenge but we have to take responsibility for it you know jujitsu is very much i liken it to like in high school, I got a lot more direction from my teachers and stuff. But when I went to uni, no one cares. Like, here's the assignment, work it out. I need to see this in six weeks. All right, oh, everyone's going down to the bar. All right, you, guess that assignment can wait. <laughs> Get some barbecue wings and some beers. Oh yeah, Manning Bar. But, um, but that's the thing, like- Sydney Uni? Sydney Uni. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I never went, but I heard about it. Yeah, no, good times. Um, I didn't stay long. Let's just say that much. I was only there for about a year and a half. Um, In truth, I didn't vibe very well with university, not because I didn't get direction. I just didn't relate to it. So when I'm in the gym, I'm very, my eyes are open, my ears are open. I'm really open to learning from anyone. So if some old timer comes up to me wearing like a, you know, 1983 world's strongest man shirt, says, hey there, young blood. Hey, you see how you're doing that thing? Like I'm open I'm very much open to be like, oh man, what do you got to say? Because that guy could be a wealth of experience and maybe no one even listened to that guy. And I feel like what I've taken from jujitsu is you can learn from anybody, but it's on you to then take that knowledge and apply it. So coming to class with a plan is super important. Like you wouldn't go to the gym and just be like, well, I'm just going to do whatever. Like what we've done with the Bulletproof for BJJ program is we have structured it and filtered it. So it is exactly what you need in terms of improving your flexibility, improving your strength and coordination and being enough for you to get better, but not so much that you are completely cooked and and can't do any other training. And so having that plan, if we relate that back to jujitsu, it is super important that each day you show up to class, even if the technique they're showing that day, you know, it could be escaping mount or attacking mount, but what you want to do is work on something from half guard. You have to have the presence of mind to be working on that thing. Now, if you don't know what you need what, to work, you work on, work on what they're working on, or you work on your thing. You work on your thing. I mean, yes, you show up to the class, you participate in the class, but when it comes time to roll, yeah, you same. could say to your partner, and most people are pretty cool. You say, 
do you mind if we start in half guard? Or if you're working on your takedowns, you could say to your partner, are you cool if we stand up? I want to try and do a yep. bit more wrestling. Most people will so you're a fucking ragdoll, you brah. Do you mind <laughs> if we stand up? Are you ready? Preach. You ready to get bloody blast doubled into next century? It's coming, son. Um, but yeah, because the, the, the rolling part of a class is, is your chance. It's like, okay, it's like a, now you can workshop, workshop some shit. Mm. And, you know, it's, that's your chance to go, okay, well, here's the thing that I want to work on. Let me use this opportunity. Yes. And uh, we just don't do that. I got, a, I got a guy that I coach. He might even be listening to this episode by the time it comes out. I was just talking to him before. Uh, he told me he trained, oh, I don't know, fuck it. He trained jiu-jitsu seven times last week. And a lot of those classes were doubles. Whoa. So, you know, I don't know, 14, 14 hours, 10 to 14 hours of jiu-jitsu in a week. God damn. And, uh, you know, and then he's telling me also, oh man, my nutrition sucks and I'm fucking not sleeping well and fucking getting so tired. And he's showing up doing the bulletproof work and I'm like, man, like more is not better. Mm. Like stop it. Yeah. Like cut it back yeah. because I can guarantee that you were not doing your most deliberate work for probably even three of those 10 to 14 hours. Yeah. And it's like, it's not going to, you're not going to get a blue belt quicker by doing that. Yeah, yeah, sure. You show your coach that you're really interested, but probably your coach is just like what, looking at you and your sloppy technique and the <laughs> fact that you're not paying attention. Like so-and-so has got such sloppy technique and they never pay attention. <laughs> like it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, Hey, you got to step back a little bit and go, oh, you know what, man, I'm going to rest a little bit more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some notes in my diary. I'm going to, eat a little bit better and I'm, I'm going to show up to training four times a week, but I'm going to really show up, you know? And I think like, man, that, the quality piece there, that's, that's a turbocharger for your training. Yes. But I feel that this is a, a um, it's just like a common myth within jujitsu, which is the more you train, the better you get. Yes. And no, unless, you know, jujitsu is the only thing you do. And for most of us, it is not. Um, you still have to show up for your kids. You still got to have some energy to do your job, to pay your bills so you can do jujitsu. It is an extremely strange thing that we have all these different systems and methods for us getting our body right and our mind right in our lives. And then we go to jujitsu and it just goes all out the door. It's like, ah, oh, I'm jujitsu. I'll just go mental. It's, it's the only way. No, it's not. Like, yes, there, there is a little bit of peer pressure to train. Always. Agreed. But in truth, you've got to find what works for you. So maybe three times a week is your sweet spot. Maybe five times a week is your sweet spot. I know for me personally, I want two really hard sessions, like fight to death sessions, and probably three lighter, more skill-based sessions, along with all my strength conditioning and, and whatever else I'm working on. That's the sweet spot for me in terms of not getting injured and still having enough energy in the tank to be a good partner to my fiance, uh, be a good business partner and do my job. Um, and then also be a good coach, like not sit there and just mindlessly stare at my students because I'm so exhausted. Like, I think this is the thing, guys, we, we do have things in our lives that are not jujitsu. Not only do we want to improve our jujitsu, we want to improve our function off the map. So that's where the quality thing is important. But just what you said there, Joe, I think you gave a very powerful piece of feedback and I think this is like the third step. Unless somebody takes you aside and says, hey man, you may be, you're, doing, you're being a bit extra. You need to take it down a notch. Like, you know, the kind of Morpheus, red pill, blue pill. What if I told you, you yep. feel better at jujitsu yep. by training less? Yeah. Oh my God. 
Um, and and try, to, try to imagine an academy owner that would ever <laughs> say to their student, man, you, you're just showing up a little bit too much. <laughs> I'll, just how about every second night? No. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, <laughs> because it's, you know, whatever they, they and you know, you, uh, we understand that. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, if you're not bringing your best, it's just fucking showing up and bashing your head against the wall again. Mm. Yeah, you're not doing anything. I, I think a very valuable skill I got from uh, my Taekwondo coach when I was trying to push the Olympic games is a guy called Carlo Massimino, uh, one of Australia's uh, best lightweights of all time. Carlo really helped me separate skill practice from fitness practice he's like so if you're doing hill sprints and you're really working on your lactate system and you're pushing that as hard as you can at the end of that session you pretty much want to just vomit everywhere but he's like that is not then the time for you to start working on your finer points of skill like that's now you've got to go recover do whatever you need to do to get yourself right because in five hours time you are going to have to show up and he gave me very clear, like when I was developing, I guess, as a semi-professional athlete, uh, full-time athlete, but not getting paid. He said, you've got to be able to work this out because if you show up for skill training and you're so cooked, you're going to be practicing very crappy skills and you're ingraining that. So then when you come to do sparring, uh, you've got all these crappy skills hardwired into your nervous system. You're going to execute very poorly under pressure. So I took this on board and don't get me wrong. There's definitely times when you've got to keep rolling as hard as you can, like roll to the buzzer. You can't just be like, sorry, I feel my skills diminishing. I'm a little tired. Okay. I get it. You can't do that. But if you're hydrated, you're prepped, you're ready to go, you're going to have a much better quality session. And it takes a bit of feedback for someone to be able to help you with that. Yeah. Um, just to, just a note on that, because uh, I know we're talking the feedback piece, but for folks who are training like three times, we're hearing what you're saying about the Taekwondo, you know, and how you split your jiu-jitsu now. Um, for folks out there who are like, man, I make it to the gym two to three times a week, which from what I know is the average attendance across the board for people going to gyms, for people going to jiu-jitsu. It's like if you're working full-time, you got home commitments, two to three times is probably what you're doing. How does a person like that apply this model of, okay, it's not just grind, 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 um, but I also can't add more sessions. What, are, how do they, how, what, would you, what would your recommendation be there? I, I think understanding yourself in terms of knowing when you train best. So obviously for some of you out there, if you, you're super busy, the only time you're going to get where it's kind of under your control might be before work. Like for example, to do bulletproof. The only time you might have, where, like say your day blows out, you've got meetings, you've got invoicing, all but this stuff. Talk to me from like uh, at the academy, like at oh, jiu-jitsu class, at jiu getting better at jits, yes. applying this, like not just grinding all three sessions. Yes. Or, or you know. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think it is important for you to, because obviously you can't change, you, you can't just look at the class and go, the class is going to do whatever I want. You've got to look at the class and also recognize in the class, uh, who are your kind of uh, allies and who are your kind of adversaries? You know, that, like really tough guy who just wants to just bash you. You're like, ah, oh, this guy, it's going to be a war. You, you can pick your roles. You can. You, it is, you shouldn't be embarrassed or you shouldn't feel ashamed to say, uh, like my ankle's really sore, my knee's really sore. God, I'm really cooked today. You could still go with training partners who allow you to work, to work on your skill. Like if you say to someone, hey, man, I really want to work on this, and they're like, nah, well, that's not a very good training partner, right? Like 
you, you need to be able to identify people in the class who you can work with. But then on the days when you are trying to challenge your jiu-jitsu and you, you, you are feeling fresh and you are up for like, right, I'm ready to work, you go with that person who's not so flexible, not so helpful and wants to come at you. It's almost like picking your weight. If you show up to the gym, you're feeling really good and energetic. You go, hmm, I'm going to go up some weight today. That big guy over there, that's a big heavy barbell. All right, I've got to feel strong to want to pick that up so I don't get injured. The, the lack of awareness that comes from coming to jiu-jitsu, you have to be honest with yourself. Don't just take the painkillers and drink the coffee and say, yep, she'll be right, mate. If you've got a, if you've got a sore knee, a, you know, a semi-sprained ankle, all these things, you're holding yourself together with strapping tape. You've got to say, I am very close to my line. And I should not go with all the big strong guys in, or the big strong women, the big strong humans, whoever it might be, the rough, the rough houses. Or you're feeling fresh, you're feeling good, you've shown up, you're ready to go. Don't shy away from harder training. That, that's actually a good time to pick that. Yeah, so, I, so I th- what I'm taking away from what you're saying there is that within, within the training session – look to get out of it what you need. And that might be like, maybe, you know, maybe you guys do, maybe you do four rounds at, at the, at, you know, in every class, maybe it's five. Let's say you do four and then you're like, all right, well, I'll go real hard. I'll grind for two of these with, with that person who really brings the beast out of me. Um, but then I'll also do a couple of easier ones or mm. maybe I'll do like, you know, one and one and I'll alternate and, yeah. and, and being very deliberate about that and being, oh, do you, do you want to do the one after this? Like, that's getting what you need from the session, isn't it? And it's also going, like we all know those sessions you come away from where you're smoked and you just went for it and yes. you're like, fuck, I just went for it with reckless abandon last night. <laughs> like I, I wasn't thinking about any technique. I was just yeah. thinking about smash. And there is a place for that. Yes. But if you are only doing that all the time, it's probably a good chance for you now to go, well, okay, how can I start to get a little bit of the quality thing as well? So I see what you're saying there. You've only got two or three sessions. Make that session what you need. Choose your partners accordingly. And I would actually approach it in a similar way that I approach lifting because I, I try to, like I lift weights five times a week. That's an exception. Most people don't do that. If you're only lifting twice a week, I would suggest that one is a bit harder and one is a little bit easier. Usually the harder session when you're fresher, the lighter session when you're a little bit more tired. So if you're at the end of the week and you, you, your body's wrecked from jiu-jitsu, you, you actually need to give yourself a little bit of leniency in the gym. Show up, do the work, but don't try and max out. You know, like don't try and push the, uh, the meter too far. Talking about this relevant to jiu-jitsu, if you're training three times a week, pick a session that's going to be harder. Like really put your jiu-jitsu under scrutiny and, and do the hard rolls. Also, another session which might be more skill-focused, you might be doing a bit more drilling, and actually, you might finish a role early, like we've suggested in the past, to do some stretching, do some breath work, etc. And then maybe Friday night is open mat. And then you can, you can dictate that. If you feel better, you can do more. Or if you're not feeling as good, still work, but keep it within your boundaries. Yeah, I hear you. Um, sorry, I took us off track from that feedback piece. Yes. But so how are we searching for feedback and why is it so important? Well, I think... Um, the, the, the most challenging thing is knowing what you're getting wrong. Like it's really important that we shorten up that learning loop. So if you repeat your mistakes, you're going to be stuck where you are. The best thing you can do is not learn new things, but stop repeating mistakes, make new mistakes. Like that's, you know, fail forward. So it's really key whether you're recording it on a phone or um, 
you have a friend who's watching for you and they give you feedback. But like the camera is the most honest way for you to do that. Some people for comps, you know, we had some people compete recently. It's great. The camera's there because you look, you know, look, you see that moment? You almost had the back, but you fell off. You could have won the match right there. Yeah. But you come away going, oh man, I just got flogged. Yeah. I need to quit you. I, I don't know what happened. Oh, what I happened? just lost. Yeah. 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 But it's actually, you could have won. And, and so it doesn't have to be your coach because obviously your coach is responsible for the whole class, the whole gym. You can't always expect your coach to just have eyes on you. But that said, if you are happy to set up the camera and your partners are cool with it, have your role, let the camera record and then, and then have a look at it. And then if you don't understand what the hell is going on, maybe later have a private lesson with your coach or show the footage to your coach and go, what did I do wrong here? And then you're not relying on your memory. You're not relying on emotion or the faulty network, which is your brain under stress. It's like, nah, that's the stone cold feedback you did everything wrong. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Okay. Oh, look, you only did one thing wrong. Practice changing that thing. Your jujitsu just got dramatically better. You're experiencing a lot more success than you did before. You can now move on to the next higher level of skill. And so at least when you're in the gym and you've got a personal trainer or you've got a training buddy, they can let you know straight away. What is good is to have a, a training partner in the gym who can either look out for you or who can give you feedback when they roll you, say, hey, man, you, you totally stuff that up. You know, they, they, you know, they're generous enough that when you roll them, they will actually, after the roll, say, hey, you could have got me if you X, Y, Z. One point to, uh, to mention when talking feedback, and, and, and it's, yeah, very valuable if you've got a training partner who can give you feedback. Um, but you must remember that not all feedback is created equal. Yes, true. And, the, you know, there's, I mean, how many times you've been coaching a class and then you see one of your white belts or even one of your blue belts yeah, coaching coaching somebody and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, stop. Stop. Yeah, like. It's the blind leaving leave. the blind. Yeah. And, um, you know, and respectfully, it's like, you know, maybe sometimes they've got something good to say, but chances are they probably don't because they haven't been in the game for long enough. So, you know, if you've got your mate who's a counterpart, also a white belt or also a blue belt, and they're like, oh, I think you need to do this. It's like, all right, well, maybe I'll just run that by the coach first. <laughs> yeah. Right? Of course. Uh, and yeah. same with your lifting. Like, you, you know, you, go, you can go to a, um, any commercial gym and you can see two people, uh, training buddies, who have either of them with the f any fucking idea about no what idea they're doing, yeah. and they're just digging this pit of, like, <laughs> despair for their bodies <laughs> deeper and deeper. So it's like, all right, get yourself some good advice. Yes, and I think that's true. And I, I think that circles back to if we broke this all down um, in summary and we said, right, how do we get better at these skills, whether it be lifting or training jiu-jitsu, it's looking at a particular movement, uh, looking at a particular exercise and identifying the key parts of the skill, being able to break that down or have someone break it down for you. The next thing is going into a routine of practicing that skill. And that you do need a degree of, a degree of quantity, like an exposure, but there also needs to be a certain amount of quality. Like if your quality drops below a certain level, you're actually not getting better, you're practicing getting worse. And then how do you know if you'll get, kind of get better, getting worse? It's having someone who has the experience and has the knowledge to let you know, hey, you're not actually doing as bad as you thought. You know, it wasn't a catastrophic loss. You just did one small thing wrong and it could have changed the, the tide of the whole match. Or if you just change this little thing, you know, you suddenly leveled up massively. And so relevant to the Bulletproof BJJ program, we have 
done everything we can to filter through and make sure that the skills that you are practicing in the program are applicable to jiu-jitsu. They translate. They're going to give you everything you need in that way. Now, if you know someone else who's doing Bulletproof BJJ, that's great. If you can train together, it's helpful because you can look at them, they can look at you, you can look at the video. But also, if you are unsure, you can contact us. You can, if you're not aware, if you're you know, relevant to the community, you can post a video on the community page and ask for feedback. And everybody in the group's quite nice, you know, even though- yeah, There's everyone, no dickheads. Yep, no dickheads allowed. That's the rule. Um, except for me sometimes. Um, same, with, same with you. If you're not into that and you're like, oh, I'm not going to post it publicly, you can, po- you can send it to us on Instagram. Send us a DM with a video of the technique and ask away. I yeah. give people feedback all the time. Yeah, and it could just be something as simple as, hey, stop looking down. Like, just put your eyes forward a little bit, straighten your back. And that can make all the difference in the world. You know, so just something small. And because you haven't got someone there to give you feedback, we are accessible. We can help you with that. But I think key takeaway, uh, Joe, at least from my own perspective, if there's something I could wish for anyone out there who's on the jiu-jitsu path, is show up to jiu-jitsu with the thing you're working on in mind regardless of the class and then make sure that you take time in the class to work on your project which is your jujitsu yeah love it couldn't have said it any better all right my friend i think we could call it there now where can people find us uh you can get us on the instagram at bulletproof for bjj or if you want to check out our program take the free trial go to bulletproof for bjj.com um and you'll find links to all the stuff that we have there um, if you enjoyed the episode, please screenshot it, post it on your Insta, tag us, tag a friend, share it. Helps to support the show and um, share. Helps to help more people build bodies that are less prone to injury and more athletic. That's what we need. Thank you, Joe. Cheers, bro. See you guys next week. <laughs>